This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And we're live on the road again. Not really on the road. We're at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. It's our normal Tuesday stop for Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, very blessed to be in the building as, uh, as usual. It's like I said, it's my weekly spot on Tuesday afternoons. Definitely appreciate the hospitality. Appreciate the opportunity to be here and bring you the next couple hours of radio and uh Get to hear from you. We have a lot of good guests coming up on the show. My guy, Damon Cotton, is in the home studios making everything go. And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, we always talk about it's an adventure getting to this point. It's always an adventure getting to this point where we get to sit in front of the mics or stand in front of the mics and, and talk to you and, you know, have some, uh, some good conversations here on the radio. And today was no different. I actually thought I was being smart today. And had some things to do around uh, around my house and around the Henderson area. So instead of going all the way into the radio station, I said, hey, I can handle my business at, at home. I can work from home and I'll go by and check out my mom, make sure she's doing okay. She doesn't live too far from me. And then I'll head over to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center because, well, it's all very centrally located. <laughs> what could go wrong? Well, Raider Nation, let me tell you, when you don't know what could go wrong, everything could go wrong. So I rolled out of my mom's house. I left plenty of time in, in advance to head on over to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, where I'm at right now. And lo and behold, there is the largest truck I think I've ever seen that was full of tar. And I mean tar, not tar that's hot tar. I mean tar that's like pebbles turning into tar at some point. It was going to be tar. And I don't know, and I thought it was a, a joke was on me or something, but we're, looking, we're sitting at the green light, which it doesn't matter because, well, there's this huge truck in front of us, and there's a lady with a stop sign saying stop. So I'm looking around thinking, okay, we're just going to have to stop for a couple seconds. No big deal. I'm in plenty, plenty of time. Well, two minutes turned to four minutes, turned to eight minutes, turned to 16 minutes. Next thing I know, I'm sitting there almost 20 minutes. Like, what in the world's going on here? And so then, about 10 minutes into it, I start thinking I'm on an uh, episode of Law & Order SVU or something. And I start looking in my rearview mirror thinking, am I about to get jacked? <laughs> Is someone about to run up on me? Is this like a plan? Is this something that you've seen in the Italian job? You know what I mean? Like, what is going on here? And, and then I start to see in my rearview mirror, I'm starting to see people jump over the, the sidewalk and start to make a U-turn. And I'm looking, well, I can do that. But at the same time, I'm right here at the front. And so I don't really have that much room to just go ahead and make a, you know, hop the curb. So I ride it out. Now I'm seeing people go the other direction. I'm seeing people turn around. I'm thinking, this is going to be a disaster. I'm going to have to call into the show on my phone. And try to explain to DeMond what happened, knowing, and I know he knows, that I never even went into the station today. It literally took me longer to get to my mom's house, from my mom's house to the facility I'm at right now, than it would have taken me to get from the radio station on Flamingo here to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But lo and behold, I made it. No worries. We've got the next couple hours to bring some radio greatness to you. But I'll tell you, getting to this point is always an adventure each and every day. This time it was, well, due to traffic or construction or con construction traffic. Whatever you want to say, 
It was wild. Got a text already to start off the show, 69187, keyword R&R, Big Dub Raider. Sup, Q? Just giving the nation a shout-out. We still have hope. Hoping to lose my voice this Sunday live from the Death Star. Go Raiders. That's from Big Dub Raider. Great way to start us off, man. And yesterday, I, I like to take days like, like Monday and, and obviously coming off a game like we saw Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. I like to give that day to Raider Nation just to go ahead and let it out. Because sometimes, and I've learned this as I've, I've gotten older, I've learned this in relationships. My mom would be proud of me. I, I've learned this, that sometimes you've just got to let that other person let it out, even if they're wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not saying you're wrong, Raider Nation. I'm just saying sometimes you just got to let that person let it out because then they'll feel better. And I've learned that. Sometimes the wife will say something and she might be upset about something going on at work, and it really is not that big a deal. But I'll just let her let it rip. And then at the end, after she's done talking, I'm like, you know, I understand. And I've realized that that works so much better than trying to actually understand what I might not have any idea about. And it's just better instead of bottling it up, let it out. So yesterday was that, 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 that moment where you just let it out. You let everything that was bottled up, you just kind of let it out. But at some point, you start to turn the page. Okay, that's done. Turn the page. Move forward. You know, as, as upset as everyone is, even myself, as upset as I was when I was driving home from the Elite Stadium and I was headed to, uh, to, to the house, as confused as I was by what I saw, I still in my mind realized, still got eight games to go. Still got a lot of the season left to go. It's not like it's week 15 and you're thinking, man, just get this thing over with to get to the draft. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's been seasons like that. And hell, there's been seasons like this Raider Nation where in week 10, you're like, well, just hurry up and get this thing over with and get to the draft. You know what I mean? But that's not the case because the AFC is all bunched up. Everyone is just kind of piling on top of each other. So as bad as that performance we saw on Sunday was, things could change around, boom, just like that. Not like the traffic I was in because that wasn't very fast. <laughs> but it could change real quick. So we're going to start turning the page on everything Today, and we have some really good guests coming up on the show today throughout the course of the season. We've been talking high school football every single week on Tuesday. We've been announcing the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. Well, that is over. The Coach of the Year has already been announced. <laughs> that, that's been fun. I love talking some high school football. Well, guess what, Raider Nation? State championship games are going to be happening on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. How fun is that? And I know we have listeners from all over the place, so a lot of people will understand what I'm about to say. When I was in Texas and I would work the high school football games, I'd be on the sideline. State championship games were at Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. And, man, just to see the look on those young men's faces, even the coaches, to be able to be in that venue and play for a state championship is fantastic. It doesn't get much better than that. Well, there's an opportunity for different teams this Thursday to do that exact thing, same thing at Allegiant Stadium. I love the fact that, High school football is being really embraced by the Raiders. Obviously, it's embraced by the Las Vegas community. The communities love it. All the, the communities, everywhere where there's a school, they love high school football. It's great. But these young men have the opportunity to go out there and play. They may never, ever, ever end up in an NFL stadium again. But they'll, at least for this day, have an opportunity to play a state championship game on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium in an NFL stadium. So I'm excited about that. So... I tell you that to tell you, uh, 4A championship is going to kick off at 340 on Thursday. Shadow Ridge against Silverado. Huh. 
I think they have combined two total losses on the season. Shadow Ridge lost a couple games. Silverado went undefeated. Andy Ostalaza, head coach of Silverado, was the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Year. So at 2.30, or 2.20, excuse me, we're going to talk to head football coach Travis Foster from Shadow Ridge, talk about his opportunity to go ahead and win that state championship on, uh, on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. So he's coming up at 2.20. And, and sometimes you just have to get your mind off of just everything. And I think the high school sports, high school football really helps do that as well. And, of course, I love talking high school football. So we'll talk to head football coach Travis Foster at 2.20. At 2.30, former Raider safety Van McElroy, he's going to join the show. He's been on the show multiple times. Have a pretty good relationship with him. I actually met him in person in Cleveland when I was at the Hall of Fame. He's going to join the show to talk about off-the-field distractions. And the reason is, is because in 89, and I know a lot of people have been referencing Tim Brown and the, the tweet that he put out, I believe it was last night. And it was really one that kind of helps put things in perspective. And he was talking about something that happened to the Raiders locker room in 89 where they lost a brother. They weren't able to go check on him. They weren't able to go talk to him. So a lot of folks have been kind of referencing that tweet from, uh, from Tim Brown. And so Van McElroy was in that locker room. So we're going to talk to him about that. And as a guy who was close to the situation, and I'll get into more details as we lead up to it, but a guy who was close to that situation that happened back in 89, want to get his perspective and what that meant to that Raiders locker room when it, uh, when it happened. I know, DeMond, you were in the home studio, and when I told you uh, that we were going to have Van on and why we were going to have him on, the, immediately you went straight to Tim Brown's tweet that he sent out. Yeah, I saw that as well because I was thinking about maybe, hey, let's get Tim Brown on. But then you said Van, and you said the player in question was a safety. And it's like, man, that's heavy. That's, that's even better. Well, you know, like that's an even closer connection to what's going on. Right, exactly. And so Stacy Torin uh, got into a single-car accident in 89 and lost his life. And that was a guy that Van McElroy actually drove to the facility in Oxnard when they were practicing in Oxnard uh, together. Uh, so he was close with them. And he knows them, and that's what Tim Brown was referencing when he tweeted out, and I'll, just for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, at Raiders, 24 hours later, I'm reminded of the 89 season when in training camp we lost a starter and a leader on our team. We couldn't visit, we couldn't visit him or text him to say, I got your back. He was gone forever. I took the team almost half the, it took the team almost half the season to exhale. Right now, everyone thinks they are okay, but you really aren't. The day will come when you can breathe again and move on. Keep fighting, boys. A better day is ahead. That was... That was Tim Brown um, last night, about 9.30 last night. And, again, he was talking about Stacy Torrin, who was a safety. And uh, he was a really good safety, as a matter of fact. And they had some big, high expectations for him. And just like that, boom, he's gone. And now I know that Henry Ruggs is still with the team or still here. Uh, he's alive. He's not, you know, he didn't pass away. But he's obviously not with the team and a big loss in that locker room. And, of course, the tragedy that happened with Tina Tentor, uh, not, you know, that, that's all still weighing heavy. And so just want to get Van McElroy's thoughts on it and how he feels about the situation, and as he's looking at it, what he thinks that the guy's in the locker room, because I'm not in the locker room. We could talk about it. We could say get over it. We could say it's not a, you know, something that you can use as an excuse, whatever, and I'm, and I'm not that guy. I'm not going to use it as an excuse either, but I just want to get perspective from someone who was in that situation because it's easy for all of us to criticize. It's easy for all of us to talk bad until you're in that situation. And then when you're in that situation, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay, I get it. So we'll, we'll talk to Van McElroy coming up at 2.30. 3 o'clock, we'll have our regular visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll talk all things NFL, talk about the Rams getting 
beat down by the San Francisco 49ers. When a team has someone's uh, number, they just have their number. San Francisco looks like they have the Rams' number. They beat them down on national TV. You know, the only, the only game on. Embarrassed them. Made them look bad. We were at the Oyo watching the game thinking, whoa, what is happening? It's a team that's, you know, expected to go to the Super Bowl, host the Super Bowl. They got beat in prime time. So I guess Raider Nation, it happens. <laughs> if you're looking for a silver lining, it happens. So we'll talk to John McClain, all things NFL at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, I talked about high school football, and I talked about the state championship game, Shadow Ridge versus Silverado. Well, at 3.30, Silverado head football coach Andy Ostalaza will join us. He is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year recipient. Had a nice $2,000 donation to the program there at Silverado from the Raiders. We'll talk to him about this matchup. That kicks off at 3.40 p.m. Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. So that is the lineup right there. We're locked and loaded. We're going to, again, continue to move forward. Uh, very excited about talking to all the guests that we have, including Van McElroy, who's coming up at 2.30. But right now, I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line, always wide open like some old school TV antennas, 69187, keyword R&R. I do have a show topic, but I want to hear from you. And I know Passionate Raider's up first. So what's on your mind, Passionate Raider? Welcome to the show. Hey Q, what's happening, man? Great Chilling. show, man. I love. I just love getting on here and listening to your guys' views. Love listening to everybody. The, the, the radio station is a blessing, man. Because like you said when you first got on, I've learned in my life to get it out. Don't hold it in because if you hold it in, it, it, it harvests bad things. So to be able to get on here and voice your opinion and hope some of them guys have their radios on and are listening to us. And, and I mean. It, and I hope they're really taking it to heart because it ain't like, you know, they have families at home. They are men, too. But to us, they are the Raiders. And we want – we can't win them all, but we just want – we want, we want to be – to walk around with, 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 the, with, with this sense of pride just instead of right. everything always so negative with us. But my thing – I got a question I want you to do for me. When you see Derek, ask him, what the hell is up with this? We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Every time he does that, it's a smack. I don't know what it is he was doing it last year with something else he used to say. What he used to say? He used to call out. But every time he's hollering, it's no good. It's not good. No good. That's So I don't understand, man. Can you figure out what that's about? Because I try to watch it, and I rewind it, and I rewind I can't figure out what he's doing. I got you. I got you. Well, I'll say this. Uh, when he says we're good, we're good, we're good, usually they have two play calls. Uh, at the line of scrimmage, and when he's ready to to go ahead and get into it, if he sees that the first one is what they're supposed to execute, if it's good, then he's then he'll say it's good, we're good, we're good. Now he didn't have to do that, but but he does. And and you know, to your point, Tom Flores told JT the Brick that he felt like Derek Carr was doing too much audible and and too much, uh, you know, like you said, talking at the line of scrimmage. There's just too much going on. Guys are confused. They're not playing quickly. So maybe that is something that needs to be. You know, cut back some. You you might be onto something. Like I said, Tom Flores, a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame player. He uh, he 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 pointed that out and, and said that on JT the Brick Show. So uh, I I won't. I don't think I'll ask it like you asked it. But <laughs> we'll try to get to you know we'll get to the, the the bottom of it. Maybe ask is there too much activity going on at the line of scrimmage? Uh, I have no problem doing that. So thank you so much for your call. Got time for one more call uh, before we take a quick break. Let's go out to Mr. Black in Hawaii, the Islands. What's up, Mr. Black? Hey, aloha, Q. Hey, aloha, brother. I'm an old-timer, uh, 63, and I remember the Stacy Turan. That was so sad. I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm. Man, that was bad. But uh, real quick, now that uh, Ingle's out, 
with a season-ending injury. Uh, who, are, who are we putting in his place for fullback? Do we have another fullback, or are we going to bring somebody in? Well, uh, and, th- and thank you for the call. Good question. And yeah, it stinks, man. Alec Engel going down with the torn ACL. Uh, that was confirmed on Monday with uh, Rich Passaccia. And uh, yes, it's it's unfortunate. Foster Moreau, he took some snaps at that fullback position. Uh, I know Rich Passaccia said that he's kind of the guy that you know expects to 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 kind of fill that void. He's done that, but they did sign uh, another fullback to the practice squad. Uh, yesterday, so uh, and I don't know how long he's going to stay on the practice squad. Uh, obviously, he's been brought in because of uh, you know because of Allegheny Gold. So we'll see how long he'll be there. But yeah, they did they signed a, a, a fullback onto the practice squad, and I'll get you his name and his details uh, a little bit later. Two sixteen is the time. We're at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little high school football. So hold on to your hats; it's going down. Shadow Ridge head football coach Travis Foster will join the show. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to turn our attention to the high school football game. We've done it all season long, and right now it's the best time of the year. State championships are being crowned Thursday. The 4A state championship will be played at Allegiant Stadium between Silverado and the Shadow Ridge Mustangs. Kickoff is right around 3.40 p.m. And right now, pleased to have on the phone line Shadow Ridge head football coach Travis Foster. And, Coach, thanks for your time. Congratulations on your team making it to the state championship game to play Thursday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having us. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And your team earned this spot in the state title game by defeating Las Vegas 65-37. to And it's a blowout on paper, paper, but in theory, it was a really tough-fought win, especially early on when your team was even down double digits. Right, yeah. I mean, they... Well, we, we didn't help ourselves very much in the beginning. We, we, we fumbled on our first carry. We were down 14 nothing, but we were able to battle back in the second half, force a couple turnovers, and, and flip the script on those guys. Yeah, and your team uh, did really well rallying behind your running back, uh, Holland. He had a monster game, 39 yards, three touchdowns. And, and like you mentioned, that comes after fumbling the ball. What really kept Jacques kind of fired up and, and, and locked in on that game and, and, and put that fumble behind him? Well, I mean, it, it's, he's he's carried the ball for us uh, something like 225 times, and he's put two on the deck. I mean, we're a triple option team. Yeah, there's two guys with the hands on the football all the time, so they only have two fumbles after any carries. Uh, I mean, he's been laser focused all year, and we're gonna we're gonna rely on him heavily on Thursday. And you mentioned the triple option. That's what your team does, and you do it really well, uh, racking up a ton of yards, 567 yards on the ground. Why is it so difficult to defend that triple option, especially when opposing teams don't get to see it all the time? Well, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, that's that's kind of why we brought it here to to not just Shadow Ridge, but Las Vegas as a whole. There's not a whole lot of teams that that want to run that sort of system. Um, I think uh, opposing coaches kind of wrinkle their nose at it and, and say, "Well, you're playing 1980s football," but th- there's a reason why it's still around at the at the FBS level. I mean, it works. Right. It really does. And it worked in a major way on Friday night. We're, we're talking right now with Shadow Ridge head football coach Travis, Travis Foster here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And before we focus on this big game Thursday afternoon versus Silverado, I did want to kind of just take you back to the regular season in general. Uh, how much did this season mean to the young man on this team and the coaching staff, yourself included, after dealing with the year that was last season, dealing with COVID-19? I mean, it, last year was heartbreaking. Uh, we had probably one of, if not the best, senior class that we've ever had come through this school. Uh, we wound up having uh, eight or nine kids wind up getting collegiate football offers. None of them, you know, big time other than, you know, Deion Washington went up to Reno. 
but to, for, for kids to have the opportunity to actually get on the field, it, it's been a blessing all season from spring ball to summer workouts to everything. Everybody's just had a, a positive attitude. Everybody's been excited to, to have the opportunity and it's really kind of shown through. Was it, is it one of those moments where, you know, now they will never take that for granted because, well, you, you never think football won't be played. And then all of a sudden, boom, something happens and football's not played. Is it like, don't take anything for granted anymore? I mean, I, I hope so, but you know, people are creatures of habit. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see how the mind mindset of some of these student athletes change moving into spring ball next year. Um, I, I certainly hope so, but I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, Coach, it's funny. Whenever I talk to high school coaches, I always tell them that you guys are way more than just coaches of X's and O's. You're coaches of life, your mentors, your father figures to many. Uh, just what does it mean to you in general to be a high school football coach? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the main reason why I chose to teach. Um, once I, I started getting into student teaching and everything else, it was – this this is my calling. This is what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to be involved in a football program. I didn't know if I necessarily wanted to be a head coach early on, um, but to 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 play all those roles in, in a young man's life, it, it's it's an honor. It, it's it really is. Yeah, I, I love it. I really do. I love high school football. I came from the Central Texas area, and so I was always uh, hands on with all the uh, football that was played in Texas. And you know how big that is. And you know the the state championship games were always played in AT and T Stadium. You know the home of the Cowboys, and and that was a big deal for the teams, the players. A lot of the kids have dreams of playing in that stadium professionally at some point. How excited is your team to be able to play at Allegiant Stadium, this brand new NFL stadium, this massive stadium here in the Las Vegas community? Oh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I mean, a couple of years ago we had the opportunity to play a game in, in Idaho State's dome. It was an FCS school and yeah. our kids were so excited and 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 that thing looks like a a bus barn compared to Allegiant Stadium. I mean, the, the kids are going to be amped, excited. Uh, I mean, there's there's not any shortage of emotion for sure. Right. I, I have no doubt about it. Again, we're talking right now with Shane Ridge, head football coach Travis Foster here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So as far as this game goes Thursday for uh, uh, for Silverado, uh, you know, you know what kind of uh, a program they are. You know that they're they're rich in tradition. Uh, how do you prepare for this uh, this game and especially being on a shorter week playing playing the championship game on Thursday? Well, I mean, uh, this late in the season, I don't think the shorter week really makes that big of a difference. Okay. We are who we are offensively. Uh, we had the opportunity to play those guys earlier in the year. We know they got a, a couple dynamic athletes uh, all over the field on both sides of the ball. They're, they're physical, um, defensively, offensively, and, and they're a little bit more versed in the, in the passing game than we are, but we're kind of mirror images of each other and how our programs are organized and, and how we develop our kids. So it should be it should be really fun. What is the message that you send to your team throughout the, the week, throughout the practice week, about treating this game just as a normal game? It's still, it's still executed the same, even though it's a state championship game. I mean, our biggest thing all season is that no one, no one beats us. We beat us. Right. Um, you know, as long as we, we don't turn the football over, as long as we don't have mental errors in the secondary, um, our run defense is pretty stout, and, and, and we're pretty confident we'll, we'll be able to put on the field on Thursday. What does uh, what does the Shadow Ridge program? What does that mean to the community? You know, how, how many how many people do you fans do you expect to be there and just cheering you guys on? Because I know that the communities get so fired up for these games. Well, I mean, I think that our administration has come through. They've they've got a, a couple student buses that they're going to try and roll as many nice. kids 
as many kids down to the stadium as they possibly can. Hopefully we'll, we'll be tying kids to the roof and, and <laughs> strapping them to the back and everything else. You know, hopefully we can, we can have a presence in that, in that stadium. Absolutely. Well, coach, I'll tell you, I, I do appreciate your time. The biggest thing, uh, let your team know to go out there and have fun, man. Cause that's what it's all about is having fun, competing at the highest level, enjoy the stadium, enjoy the opportunity. And uh, thank you so much. Just uh, enjoy it. Soak it up and, and, and good luck on Thursday. Thank you. Q. I really appreciate it. Thanks. No doubt about it. There he is right there, Shadow Ridge head football coach Travis Foster. Uh, they got a big game, state championship style, 4A on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. It kicks off around 3.40 p.m., so I'll definitely be paying attention to them as they take on Silverado. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. These two teams just about mirror each other in what they do. Uh, I think Silverado throws the rock a little bit more than Shadow Ridge, but in their last game, man, Shadow Ridge put up over 500-something yards of offense. That is just crazy, but uh, shout-out to Shadow Ridge for being able to do that. Shout-out to head coach Travis Foster, and good luck on Thursday. Coming up next, Van McElroy, former Raider safety, going to talk about off-field distractions and how and what this team is probably feeling right now inside the walls of that locker room. We're at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 231 is the time, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, right here in Henderson. My man Demon Cotney's in the home studio making everything go. I'm your boy Q, and pleased to have now on the phone lines former Raider Safety Van McElroy. And Van, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, and uh, it was great to, to finally meet you in person back in uh, Canton, Ohio, when uh, Tom Flores and Charles Woodson was both put into the Hall of Fame. And those were much better times. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I would think so. I enjoyed meeting you too, man. Good to have a hug and and love on each other. That was good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to go back to that that moment real quick because, man, that was a heck of a turnout for head coach Tom Flores. And uh, what I was so impressed, and I told him about this as well, is that he talked to and signed, autographed, or took a picture of everybody or with everybody that was in that building. That was incredible. You know, and and it should have been because he – Outside of being a great coach, just had the ability to bring people together. He's just a good man. And, and, you know, that can't be said about a lot of people, Q. I mean, you can think what you want. You know, oftentimes we're caught up with simply winning, and that is super important in this league. But when you can win and the guy also be a good man, goodness gracious, doesn't get any better. Right. No, it really doesn't. So that was a real special moment. I was so glad that I was there to, to be able to, you know, just be a part of it, a small, a very small part of it. But uh, that was a lot of fun. We're talking right now with former Raider safety Van McElroy here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, as I mentioned to you on the text when I, when I asked you to come on to the show, I wanted to ask you about off-field distractions. And this Raiders team has been hit with them this year. And before we get into any kind of details and things that have happened with you in, in your career, what have you thought of just from a distance what, what the Raiders have dealt with so far? It's only through week 10 so far this season. Yeah, they are obviously dealing with a lot. <laughs> I mean, losing a head coach, I mean, you can go down the list of, of, of what's going on there. I, I do know that, that all of these guys somewhere within themselves need to understand 
you know, the basics when you get into the league and, and you know, you're playing uh, for your family. I mean, you're, 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 you're making a living. You're, you're doing those things that are critically important to your life. And so your commitment to what position you're playing, you know, how you're playing, all of those things can't change. And, and sometimes we allow those outside influences to get to us and before you know it, a week goes by, two weeks, a month goes by, and there's just no team. Right. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, Van, you mentioned to me before that, you know, when you left school, you left Baylor and you joined the, the Raiders and you had all these guys, these different personalities, uh, you know, uh, around you. And you just – it was almost like a, a, a culture shock. But you were able to maintain and manage. And How was it for you when you were trying to adapt to the NFL? There's only one – you know, purpose, especially with the Raiders, it was just made so clear, it was just win. And and in the, I don't care what professional league you're in, if you're winning, things are okay. I mean, there was a lot of, there were a lot of issues going on when I arrived with the Raiders. I mean, right. you had guys dealing with drugs, you had guys that were getting in trouble, you had, you know, fights on the field, practice field that would come into the locker room. I mean, you just, these are, these are, you know, grown men, but still kids a little bit. And, and you just had those issues going on, but you always had within that team a, a group of guys that would get everybody together and, and make sure everyone was, was crystal clear about what the goal was here, understanding that if you win, if you win at this place, you are going to get taken care of. And that, right. that's just the truth. Mark does the same way. I mean, he feels the same way about his players. You win. I take care of you. So somewhere within all of the, the difficult situations, the distractions, the player, the individual has to understand that, listen, I'm making a living, you know, and the only way I continue to do that is if I play every play the best I can. And, and, and once that starts, you know, permeates itself throughout each, each player, it really takes over. And I don't care what's going on you know, outside the locker room, if those guys can get that part of it together, those plays like Deshaun, when he, I mean, the guy's a great player, mm-hmm. but he fumbles it. I mean, what a great catch, but the ball goes away. Those types of plays will not happen. It's, it's, it's hard to understand, but when you are struggling within the locker room, when you're struggling within a team because of all those things that are going on, those are the types of plays that happen, and everybody scratches their heads and wonders why. Right, absolutely. Talking again with Van McElroy, former Raider safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I, I, I saw a tweet from Tim Brown Monday night. He referenced what happened in 89 with Stacey Turan, for, uh, you know, fellow safety, a guy that you were really close with, a guy that you read, you, you rode to training camp with. And it just kind of clicked in my head like, oh, yeah, that happened. How was that locker room? He said that it was affected like half the season before they really, you guys were really able to exhale. How was that feeling in that locker room when, when your brother was down? It's brutal. I mean, here's a guy we were just voted in. Sports Illustrated had just voted us prior year as the best tandem of safeties in the National Football League. Mm. It was their front cover. I mean, it was this guy had so much talent, so much, you know, that would happen for him. He, and, and we were had gotten close. You know, Mike had, had gone. Stacy and I had started a relationship, and we really play off each other well. And then all of a sudden, bam, that hits, and it is difficult. You know, and, and somewhere within that, though, Q, is that you do have a, a group of guys within the locker room, and, and, 
and again, we had veteran players. You know, there are those older guys that really had been through a lot during their careers, understood what it took to bring everybody together. And, and instead of sort of losing yourself within that whole mental, that emotional mindset, you, you really go in there and, and change it around and begin to win games. And, and it, it's very difficult. It is very hard because this is a tough league, man. I mean, every team is talented. And any little thing, small thing, forget three or four big things that come in, one small thing can tear your team up. And, and, and I think that's somewhere within this picture that guys have really got to come together and really begin to, to click together, not start separating each other. Right, and that's the thing I've noticed about this team, and I've said it all year long, and I said this team is different because I felt like they were very, very close, a tight-knit bunch, and, and that includes Henry Ruggs and, and Derek Carr. We know he's no longer playing with the team. He didn't pass away, but obviously the incident was very tragic with what happened, and so he's no Absolutely. longer with the team. So how do you think that that affects, you know, especially Derek Carr, who looked like he had a tight, tight relationship with Henry Ruggs? No, it it, it, it does affect the team. It really does, and and for some of those those types of issues and all that, there is no real answer, you know, to put right. your finger on and say, this is what you need to do. I think every player, you sort of go back to the, the basics of being an NFL player. First and foremost, it's a short career. It just is. It is your livelihood, and you're dependent upon this for your family and all those different elements of just you personally. Then you get into the idea of your team, your teammates, and all of those things. You cannot win this alone, so you understand that everybody has to be playing for each other. And and oftentimes we sort of go into our little shell, and we just go out there and we just, you know, we play maybe good enough to get by and don't even realize it, but we forget that, listen, this is a big deal. Right. And, and you know, you, you quit maybe watching the film that you were watching before, you know, the, the late hours, watching the film, coming on the field early, leaving late, doing all those things that maybe you did it once. You just start getting a little dejected. And, and one teammate does it, all of a sudden another one starts, and then before you know it, there, there's other problems that are created within the team that all these other issues brought, and you lose sight uh, of, the, of the goal of just what you're trying to accomplish. I don't. I mean, I can tell you from a big-picture standpoint what needs to take place, it, but it's, it's more complicated than simply everybody, you know, the, those leaders that are within that team, getting them together and having a real, you know, come-to-Jesus talk with, with, with all the players that are there about where they're headed. Because if you continue this, this move here in this direction, there's going to be a lot of players that just won't be playing anymore next year. That's right. just a fact. Yeah. No, that's that's reality. I mean, that's that's the facts when everything is is rolling pretty smooth. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, the NFL stands for not for long for a reason. And so, with the coaching staff that's there, there's a lot of former, you know, uh, head coaches. And Gus Bradley, you got Tom Cable, you have uh, Rod Marinelli. You know, you have guys that have that head coaching experience. And, and Rich Bisacci has been around the league for a very long time. How how difficult is it for the coaches to be able to kind of help those guys along? Because ultimately, Van, it just feels like to me that it's a it's a player decision to to take that next step it, it is and I, I think I think coaches can get each individual player in a room and, and have a you know their leaders and, and those guys that they think have influence really have a good talk with them then maybe bring a few players three or four of the players in and begin that process 
but but even those guys, I think it, it's just a struggle when all of these things have come at you. Just how do you all of a sudden, bam, you know, tomorrow it, it's got to change. I mean, you know, today they had their day also. They got, you know, they're going to start the new week and, and, and how they are able to influence these guys mentally and emotionally is really the key because the athleticism there, you know, the, the abilities there, all those things can, can, can win. But emotionally, and again, I'm just telling you, it doesn't take much. It mm-hmm. really does not take much to lose. Right. And, you know, everybody's so talented in this league and the coaches and the systems and all of those things. But, you know, I can tell you this. I mean, why did the plays, why did some of those plays take place back when I played that were just kind of crazy? I mean, why does Buffalo, all they're trying to do is run the clock out and they win the game. And all of a sudden, they run a play. There's a fumble. We get the ball, kick a field goal. That was the year we won the Super Bowl. Right. Why do those plays tend to happen? Because mentally, physically, all of those things, you're, you're closest to your teammates, your work ethic, all of those things together, Q, and again, I'm not going to try to – it just happens that way. Does that make right. any sense what I'm saying? No, yeah, it does. It does. And that's, that's – I mean, I love that you're saying it and pointing it out there like that because I think people need to hear that because sometimes we try to point fingers and say, okay, this is exactly why this happened. But like you said, Van, I mean, why do these things happen? Sometimes they just happen. You know, why did Deshaun Jackson fumble the ball and turn them multiple different ways when it looked like he probably could just go straight? <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, when, when again, this is going to sound a little out there, but when the team is not focused, when, when those things are not going on with the team, subconsciously all of those things together, I can tell you those types of plays happen, even though the guy's a, a great player, man. Right. That, that's not happened to him before. But all of a sudden, those are the plays that take place against you when, it, when everyone uh, is not really zoned in playing for each other and, and you know, this team, something's going on within, within the team. It just is. They're, they're right. not – and, and and then that begins to really take hold of itself, and, and it can really get ugly. I just I hope that doesn't happen. You know, I, I'm hoping that someone within that group uh, can can sort of get in the middle of this and say, "Hey, guys, you know." And bottom line is, you know, it, it, and I said this earlier, Q, if these guys cannot understand that they may not have a job next year, because at, that is the beginning of the whole issue. That if you if you are not going to get paid, then your family's going to struggle. So that part has to be number one in yeah. your mind, man. Right? And and then from there, at least you begin the idea of you know you can be successful, you know if you commit your time. But then obviously it's, it's your teammates and all those guys begin to play together. They they sort of lock themselves in in the locker room together and say, hey, we're in this. No one believes in us but us. Right. we got to make sure that we really do believe in us. And I'm not sure that that's going on right now. Well, I think that that's something that everyone, all of Raider Nation, needed to hear. That's why I reached out to you because I know that you have a way of breaking things down. And, and I mean, you opened my eyes as well. So uh, great stuff right there. I believe in 89, Van, if I'm correct, you guys ended up the season 8-8, eight and eight, right? We did. Yeah, 8-8. Eight, yeah. eight and, eight, and, so. and there, were other, there were other things going on at that time that, that – that led into to that, and we'd had a strike the year before in '87, and it just got ugly. Cute, it just wasn't right on either side of that. I, you know, I, I didn't feel good about a player, you know, with it. Uh, Mr. Davis was upset with everybody, and I understand why he was. I mean, it was just ugly, and especially on a team where 
where you had a man that when you won games, he's going to take care of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know of many fines that I ended up paying, and I had a lot of fines to pay. <laughs> and you know, and, and so he just would take care of you that way because you'd win games. But it got to that deal, and I and, and outside of of safety and just some other. Again, there are, there are deeper issues sometimes going on that you don't realize within a team that that sort of keeps them from being everything they can be, and that's what's going on there. And, and I don't know who's going to be the guy, the coach, the, the the group of guys, or whomever that gets it together and says, "Hey, I'm tired of this, man. Right. You know, let's get yep. together. We got to yell it out right here. We got to figure it out. We got to do something." But somebody, I mean, we had Matt Millen that would come in. We had Rod Martin. We had ten. We just had guys that that didn't put up with anything. I mean, we were bringing it together and going to get it right. Right, so I absolutely. I hear you. I hear you. And like I said, I, I hope that they heard it too. I hope that there's somebody that's tuned in and listening to that and, and soaking that in because that's a, a lot of greatness right there. And I think that you brought a lot of knowledge to the table. So, uh, Van, like you said at the top, well, just, man, I wish... remember this, just remember this. Defense wins games. Okay. Yes. The defense needs to get it together. And they can. They got, they got talent. There you go, brother. Okay. They got, they got the guys. Thank you, Van. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Bye. I uh, see you. There he goes. Former Raider safety, Van McElroy. Soak that in, Raider Nation. Soak that in. I had a topic that I was going to bring to the table, but I want to hear your reaction. 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash text line, 69187. What you just heard from former safety Van McElroy. Issues going on in 89. Stacey Turan tragically lost his life in a single-car accident. Tim Brown tweeted out that it took him about half the season before they could exhale. What are your thoughts now that you heard that from a guy who was in the locker room? 247 is the time. We're at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 249 is the time. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ just heard from former Raider safety Van McElroy. Uh, thought it was something that was really needed to be heard. Uh, when it comes to a situation, tragedy that hits the locker room, how that is affected, and, and how these players have to try to move forward. And I thought there was a lot of greatness that he, uh, he brought to that conversation right there. So hopefully you appreciated that as well. Uh, that's a good dude right there and definitely uh, in, enjoyed talking to him. Uh, do want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Uh, coming up at, at the top of the hour, we'll be talking to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL. Uh, but I, I do also have some text messages, 69187, keyword R-N-R. And uh, all day Raider A, he hits us up first. Q, I think it'd be a good idea for DC and the leaders on this team to have a team function. Maybe take the whole team out to bowl or play pool or something like that where they could just be the fellas together and not just ball players. because I don't really think they've had the chance to exhale or laugh since the tragedy. It might help rebuild some of the togetherness that defined this team earlier in the season. All day Raider A is always spot on, man. That's why that's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy. No, I, I, I'm serious. In all seriousness, that's really a, a good point, and that's basically something that Van McElroy kind of referenced. You know, I mean, these guys have got together. The leaders on this team, they do have to get together. They do have to get these guys out there and do a function, you know, and not a function where, you know, they'll show up at, you know, wherever in town and everyone can come by and, you know, ask them for autographs and pictures and all that. Just something that they do together collectively as a group where they don't have to worry about the distractions of every single person, uh, you know, in the in the general vicinity, recognize them and be like, hey, there's the Raiders. Let's go get autographs, you know, because then it's all of a sudden it's different and it's kind of it's 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 not that same bonding moment that you're talking about all day Raider A, but I think that's a great, 
a great suggestion. Thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Again, 69187, keyword RNR. What I mean by that is 69187. That's the number that you text. So that'd be your the phone number on your phone. And then keyword is R, the letter R-N-R, space, and then you give us a message and it'll be sent to us. And I like to, to, to let it be known exactly how to do it because if you don't use the keyword R-N-R, it'll go to our sister station, ESPN, Las Vegas. And a lot of times they get messages uh, and they're like, hey, I think this was for you guys. <laughs> and so I want to make sure that it, it comes to us and that we're able to read it on the air. Keith from Sonora said, the only Raider jersey my dad owns, Van McElroy. He loves him. Always called him the hard hitter. And uh, I'm sure, Keith, you heard in that interview where he said that Mr. Davis used to always pay his fines because, well, he got a lot of fines. You know why he got a lot of fines? He was the hard hitter that you're talking about. So uh, good stuff right there. Keith, thanks for chiming in. I do appreciate you. Uh, how about a text? Don't have a name on it, but how about this one? Derek probably doesn't realize this, but every time he yells out, we're good, we're good, we're good, he's alerting the defense to the fact he thinks that they have a good play called against whatever defense is being run, and I'm sure the defensive players know what play works against that defense. So um, there you go. So that's uh, you know kind of to the theory of maybe he shouldn't be doing so much talking at the, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I honestly don't think that, that they really know what's coming when he says that we're good. I just think that they know, like you did mention, yeah, okay, they feel pretty confident in this play is going to work. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's really it. But if you call two plays in the, in the huddle, I mean, you can just not say anything, and then that, they know to go with, go with number one. But, you know, when they start doing a little bit of dancing and he starts doing a little bit of moving around, then they start getting that thought in their mind where it's like, okay, is it number two? Is it number two? And then that's when he has to go to, we're good, we're good, we're good. So they know, okay, it was, it was play one, if that makes any sense. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Uh, Raider J in Sacramento hit us up. The Adventures of Mark Twain. Sorry, I mean the Adventures of Q. Talking about my uh, my travels and the the journey that it took me to get to <laughs> get to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'm telling you, no joke. I could have literally drove from the radio station here and made it in a shorter amount of time than it would have taken me to get from my mom's house to here, which is literally right around the corner. So <laughs> it was pretty funny, but that's what happens. But hey, no sweat. Made it here on time. We're already just about one hour in the book, so uh, I'm good to go. But, man, sometimes you just look around and go, is this really happening? You know, I start looking around, and it's like somebody going to jump out and be like, ah, you're punked, you know? It's like Ashton Kushner going to come out and just, you know, have a camera floating around and, gotcha. No, 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 it's it's a real deal. That was the real deal, so it happened. But I made it here, so it's all good. Uh, let's see, you got one more text, and or two more texts, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Q&D. After thinking about what took place versus KC, I'm not going to overreact. Yes, we looked bad and got served. It's only one game. However, there are eight more games to be played. It's about to get real. It starts with Cincy this week. Let's get back on track. I've moved on from KC and no looking back. Let's go. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Uh, I think that's a great attitude to have, dog. <laughs> Straight up, I think that's a great attitude to have, and that's kind of why I gave that therapy session yesterday where I just, hey, let it rip. Whatever you're feeling, however you're feeling, let it out. Let it out, and then you're able to wake up and just move on. You know, and if you're not able to move on already, that's okay, too. I'm not telling you what kind of timeline to have. I'm just saying at some point, man, if you let that thing just kind of fester and, and hover and just be there, it's just going to continue to grow, and that burn in your belly is going to continue to grow. So, man, get it out, let it, let it go, and then move on. Just keep it pushing. That's what, we, uh, that's what we're going to do around here uh, and I think that's the last text. That's the last text I got. So good stuff right there. 
Great. <laughs> DeMond's in my ear. He's like, yep, that was the last one. Go to break. So that's what we're going to do. I appreciate you, DeMond. You're holding it down. Coming up to start hour number two of the show, we got my guy, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us to talk all things NFL. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920.